Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, January 9th, 2022. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Another magnificent show coming up for you tonight here at Hockey Night New York. Chris King, Islanders radio voice, will be joining us. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me as always is Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I'm good, Shawnee. How you doing, bud? I'm well. You know, um, now that the Islanders have officially retired from hockey, I've tried to, you know, find <laughs> some new hobbies, <laughs> come up with some other things to do. But I'm good, you know. I mean, it's 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 hopeful, I guess, now that there's going to be Islander hockey this week. We got another kind of uh, wrench in the plans potentially with the announcement about the Devils tomorrow. But uh, hockey night in New York rolls on. I'm good, man. Nice, good. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> without further ado, I'd love to remind you all that we are proud to be presented by R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 2798 Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. It is the best place to catch the Isles when you can't be at the game. Head on down for great food and drink specials, plenty of HD TVs, and in-game sound. Also happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and of course, UBS Arena at Belmont. They're an official partner of the New York Islanders. Check them out at bluelinedeli.com to see the menu and all their great offerings. Also happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. And happy to be sponsored by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, creator of the Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations at the Islanders' brand new home in UBS Arena and even more distributors across the country from coast to coast. You can visit the Tap Room at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay seven days a week to sample all their fantastic beverages. And of course, remember to get your questions in for the Questions Brewing segment brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing later in the show. So, Christian, as I said... The Islanders didn't play any hockey this week. <laughs> but the other side of that coin is they're getting healthy. They're getting guys back off of COVID protocol. Pretty much the only guy left is Ryan Pollock. We'll see where he's at. Maybe he'll be back by the time they play hockey, whenever that may be. But you get guys like Brock Nelson back. You get guys like Oliver Wallstrom back, Kyle Palmieri. So they're going to be close to a full, healthy roster by the time a puck drops on an Islander game, whenever that happens in the future. So what do you say, C.A.? Well, now is a great time to go see the Bridgeport Islanders. <laughs> sure is. It <laughs> um, sure is. No, I mean, it. That's there's definitely a silver lining to all of this, I guess, if, you, if you're trying to be positive. I think that is it. Everyone's healthy. Ryan Pulak has not missed as many games as I think a lot of people thought right? he was going to because of yeah. the whole situation that's developed in the last you know, month or so with the, with the COVID and with games having to be rescheduled and, and all of this. So it's worked out somewhat advantageously for the New York Islanders there in that regard. Obviously it's not great that there's no games being played and it's, it's, I'm sure it's, uh, it's a little weird for the players too. I mean, everyone's kind of, you know, go from that stop and start mode. And now yeah. after they come back, theoretically anyway, whether that's Thursday, or whether that's Saturday when the Islanders are scheduled to play the Washington Capitals in the afternoon at UBS arena, mm-hmm. 
then it's really on, then it's back on. Then the Islanders are playing, I think, a ton of games <laughs> all the time, right? All the time, <laughs> yeah. and so it goes from you're in a position where you're not playing anything to you're playing every other day. You're yeah. playing two back games backs. back to backs. Yep. So it, it, it's going to be an interesting scenario for the team because I'm sure they're raring to go to get back on the ice in an actual comp competitive game. But then the flip side is then you have to be once you're back in the mix of things. The Islanders need to win every one of those games or almost every one of them a right now. Good portion of them, yes. And so there's going to be a lot of pressure for them to start winning games once they're back on the ice in in, in competitive form. And it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes for them to adapt back into that mode. How long it really takes for them to to acclimate because they've they've had really what two weeks a week a week and a half off. Yeah, and there's so many things that play into it. And if you're searching for other silver linings, I guess you could say, you know what, they've had plenty of time to practice too. Right. Because you hear a lot of talk about when you get into the thick of a season, you don't really get a lot of time in for practicing. And, you know, obviously that helps on the special teams end and whatnot. And as we've seen, it has improved for the Islanders. So maybe that's something else that's, you know, a, a small positive for them being able to practice, not only practice, but get more regulars into the practices and, you know, get those guys re- reacclimated with their line mates and whatnot. Yeah. And hopefully they d- they are a little more ready to go when it's time for the pucks to drop. It's it's just funny because, like you said, they're probably chomping at the bit and, you know, you can only kind of wait so long until, yeah. until the game's coming. <laughs> to get that news tonight about the Devils game tomorrow being postponed, what, they have seven guys on their COVID yep. protocol list. So... I mean, you know, Thursday might not happen. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, maybe the, that those few days, especially now with the reduced number of days that they have to stay in protocol, might actually help. Mm-hmm. The fact that you have four days between now and Thursday, maybe the Devils will, will be able to play. But it's uh, it's definitely uh, going to be unfortunate if the Islanders have to miss yet another game. I mean, because now they are far and away the only team with, with 28 games played. Right. The only team right. close to them is Ottawa, I believe, with 29. That is correct. And you got everybody else just playing more games. And, you know, at the, the Islanders' record stays the same. They're still 10, 12, and 6 <laughs> in those 28 games. But now they're 12 points behind Boston instead of 8 because they've played a few games. But now they have three games in hand. So you have the three games in hand where you could make up six points. But now you're back 12. So the the mountain gets taller, right? Because you still have to win those games in hand, you know. Even though those points are as quote unquote available for right. you, if you don't win them, it doesn't matter. And like you said, they're going to be playing a lot of these games within a very concentrated amount of time. So not ideal, but you know they they have no choice. They're just going to have to be up to the task if they want to make the playoffs. When the schedule does resume theoretically on Thursday, it's it's the Devils on Thursday, the Caps on Saturday. Wash uh, Philadelphia on the following Monday, the seventeenth, and then they play in Philadelphia the following night at the, at the Wells Fargo Center. And then there's two days off, and then the Islanders have back to back set for uh, Arizona. I was going to say Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> and Toronto, and then they have two days off. But then it's a game every other night after that. And that Toronto game was supposed to be in Toronto. That's right. And they flip flopped, as we talked about last week. Where now and and that actually goes into something else. We we talked about maybe having a viewing party for that game at Oyster Bay Brewery. That unfortunately is not going to happen anymore right. because of that switch to a, to a home game. So we can you know everybody can go to the game if you want to go, and we'll have a party another time. But we'll get into Oyster Bay another night. Unfortunately, uh, that's just the way of the hockey world right now. But yeah, and a lot of home cooking coming up if if no other teams get into COVID issues. And and now there, there's another I, I don't know. There's another element to this whole COVID situation now. Once what is it? Once somebody tests positive, they don't have to be tested again for 90 days. Is that how that works? Right. Okay. I think so. All right. So assuming that that's the case, 
then once you guys getting on and off the the COVID protocol list, you have three months to worry about the next time for that guy. So as long as they're not showing symptoms, they're not sick, they're mm. kind of in the clear. Whether they are positive or not, I suppose, because they're not getting tested. Right. Which is also kind of a strange circumstance. I'm not a doctor. No, you're not. No, but, you know, you could have you could have added something there. But, but once again, I did. you've, you've I'm, let us I'm down. not a doctor. Christian is not a doctor, ladies and gentlemen. So... I guess the hope is that now that you have so many guys with the Islanders that have already tested positive, been in protocol, that there's only so there's only so many guys left in the team that can actually test positive at this point. So maybe they'll, if they have any more games postponed, it might be at the behest of the the opponent that they're playing, who who might end up with guys on protocol, right. and not so much the Islanders. Yeah, I think again the silver lining. <laughs> is that you're the Islanders are kind of in in the clear, and it's sort of similar to what you're seeing in other sports le- sporting sport leagues around the country. Like you look at the NBA, which and the Brooklyn Nets, for example. I mean, they were in a similar spot. They had ten guys on on their thirteen guys overall go into COVID protocol, and now mm-hmm. theoretically it's the same thing, right? You don't have to worry about it for the next ninety days, right? So you're kind of in the clear while other teams are, are now going through it, unfortunately, around the rest of the league. And, and the NHL has been dealing with it for more and more as the Islanders have been coming out of protocol. So right. hopefully in that regard, A, the new the new guidelines help things move along where you're seeing less of these games having to be postponed or teams losing so many guys to COVID protocol for a longer period of time where it right. impacts so many games that now you can kind of get a – a more steady, steady rhythm, a steady schedule going where right. teams aren't, you know, the Islanders, for example, aren't just playing one game every two weeks and then, you know, they have a, a month off. So right. it, it certainly can't be good for the rhythm and, and just the chemistry. You could almost make an argument right now for anybody that's going through this, not just the Islanders, but the Islanders have been hit the worst by this because they continue to either have, they had, at first it was just them. Right. There was, they had so many people right. on COVID protocol. And then it was, there wasn't fans being allowed into the stands. There's restrictions. NHL wants their money, so they're gonna they're not <laughs> right. playing those games now. Right, they're being rescheduled. So that's an entire road, road trip taken off the off the docket. And then yeah. you have the the situation with Toronto again. So they flip the sw- they flip the switch, and the Islanders are playing at home against Toronto, and then they'll play later in the and later in the year. So hopefully there'll be a little less maneuvering sooner rather than later, and we can we can kind of get a, a more concrete and a more structured schedule more yeah. consistent schedule i don't um, know, even know what to say anymore i'm curious to see when we might see some of those february dates get filled in that hasn't happened yet i wonder when they're kind of looking at i mean obviously i'm sure all the logistics and whatnot are still going right into it. they're trying to see what what nights are available for what arenas what teams and whatnot but you got to figure something's got to be coming soon you know to fill those dates i, I would imagine That's three weeks available just to get some of these right. games in i would imagine you would see some but mm. no one said <laughs> <laughs> but then again, Mom is the word. You know the NHL, they'll probably announce it the day before, and then it'll be like, oh, there's 20 games on the schedule for the next two weeks. Very, very possible. And one other fellow that's gotten back to the ice, Barry Trotz, mm-hmm. has returned. He's been seen at practice. He's talking to the media again. So that's good. I don't know how much of a boost it is for the team. I mean, Lee Lambert did a good job in his absence, but obviously it's nice to have your coach back. Nice to see he's back from whatever personal reason that was that he was out. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, Ryan Pollock's pretty much the only man. Not, you know, left to come back. Yeah, it was an unfortunate circumstance. Barry Trotz's mother passed away. That was reported in Newsday, and he talked about it the other day when he spoke with the, with the media. So, uh, it, you know, a, a sad event. You know, a sad personal event that yeah. that I know um, did leak at some point during the course of that that all happening. Yeah, was but kind of looking to do a um, 
you know, it's 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 an unfortunate fortunate circumstance. It sounded like the team really rallied around him and supported him, the, the organization as a whole, and giving him that time off. And uh, again, silver linings for the, all the time off. The Islanders, I mean, you know, Barry Trotz. I mean, he would have anyway, but he, you know, he was free to kind of go out, go home, and you know, properly mourn the passing of a, you know a beloved family member in in, in right. his own way, and, and and be able to do that without feeling like he's impacting the team in some way. So, I, I, again. The cancellations and the postponements kind of worked out in, in, a, in a weird way, if you, if you even want to say that. But it's certainly a sad situation for, for Barry. And yeah. um, I know everyone's very happy for that he's back and um, back with the team. And I think he, you know, his first day was back on Saturday. I think I was reading that you know, it was sort of a, 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 a good sort of normalization for him, too, going through so, so much off the ice that it was nice to kind of have that normalization a little bit, be, around, be back around the team and, and kind of locked into something else. Yeah, I missed that piece from news. I didn't even know that it was it was publicly released. Yeah. So that's kind of the first time I knew it came out publicly. But uh, yeah, obviously condolences to him, his family, and uh, it's good to see him back. Yeah, but we got a break now. All right. So, folks, I want to thank you all for tuning in to Twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY and, of course, on your favorite podcast platforms later on. When we come back, Chris King, the Islanders radio play-by-play voice, will join us. We'll be right back. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. RJ Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food, drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. RJ Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill. Your home for New York Islanders hockey. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account so islander fans if your business is looking for a change from companies like spectrum verizon or optimum thai technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages just call 516-856-7800 that's 516-856-7800 or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com that's thai t-i-e technology.com thai technology the right choice for your internet phone service Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to Hockey Night in New York. Christian Arnold, Sean Cuthbert with you as always. And time for everyone's favorite part of the show, On the Line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And with us on the line is the voice of the New York Islanders, the radio voice of the New York Islanders, Chris King. Kinger, how are you? It's great to have you on the show again as always. 
All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. I'd say there's a lot to talk about with the Islanders, but there hasn't been a whole lot going on with the extended vacation, you could almost call it. Uh, now that we have some games potentially on the docket, Islanders are supposed to play the New Jersey Devils on Thursday. That is some question mark now, unfortunately, because of the situation going on with the, the COVID outbreak in New Jersey. But Kinger, for the Islanders now, which they'll either play Thursday or Saturday, what do you expect to see on the ice when they when they finally get back into action? Is this going to be a team that looks really rested and ready to go, or is there going to be some rust to shake off? I mean, they look good coming out of the Christmas break, right? They right. had 10 days off in that one and, you know, had a nice 4-1 victory over Buffalo and then an overtime win over Edmonton and now into an 11-day break, which, as you said, Christian, might might get longer. We certainly hope yeah. not and that the Devils are going to get enough, enough players uh, out of protocol by Thursday night. But, uh, you know, all indications are they hopefully can do that again. You know, Barry Trotz is back. That was a big story. He said... You know, in his mind, they look very sharp in the one practice that he's been back. They had today off, and I'm sure they'll get back at it tomorrow. But um, I just don't know how you can, you know, possibly have any kind of carryover momentum from those back-to-back wins when they're, you know, 11 days ago. Yeah, that's going to be – that's the one thing Sean and I have talked about kind of at length for for a little bit of time. Every time these breaks seem to happen is historically when you look back at the Islanders, it always seemed like they're a team that if they get a little bit of too much time off that they kind of lose their momentum regardless of who's been behind the bench or who's on the ice for the team. Is this year it seems like maybe they're bucking that trend? Is that fair to say that that they've kind of gone against that that notion at least the last couple times they've had one of these breaks? Yeah, I guess you could with you know again the ten day break is is the really the only example they had that one stretch in the crazy start of the season where I think they played one game in a ten day span right. with that thirteen game road trip. So um, tough to tell. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I like the way they looked in the Buffalo game. That was a big one for me coming off 10 days off, but everybody was kind of coming off 10 days off there. Yeah. And then, you know, the Edmonton win was, was super nice to get that in overtime and, you know, to start the new year off on good footing. And, you know, they haven't won three games in a row all year, guys. So this would be a, quite a way to do it. If they could just take the first game back, it would be their first three game winning streak of the season. So, um, you know, I'm going to put my faith in what Lane Lambert's had to say about the practices the last couple of days, what Barry has said, what the players have said. You know, they're saying all the right things, and, and certainly they're going to be a well-rested team. But, you know, the Devils weren't scheduled to play after tomorrow night until Thursday night anyway. So the Devils are going to be coming in off a couple of days off as well. Now New Jersey will have an extended break as well. So I would think, you know, if the game does get played, which hopefully it does, there's going to be rust on both sides. But I think the Islanders certainly, because of all those breaks they had at the start in that opening road trip, I think they had a five-day break, a four-day break, a couple of three-day breaks. Um, you know, they're used to the breaks if there is such a thing, right? And, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, maybe they have a slight advantage over the Devils in that regard. No doubt, Chris. And just before you came on, we were also talking about the Islanders' place in the standings. Obviously, the fact that they haven't been able to move themselves up and down anywhere because they literally haven't played. But there are some teams ahead of them, one in particular that's been able to get some games in while they've been out, and that's the Boston Bruins. They were eight points behind them last week. Now they find themselves 12 points behind them after the Bruins getting a couple of games, and they now have three games in hand. But is this mountain getting too high to climb here? I know they, the Islanders still have plenty of games to go, but can they can they make up that gap with the three games in hand, 12 points behind the Boston Bruins to get into a wild card spot? It does start to look uh, tougher and tougher, Sean, right? There's no doubt about it. And I think the troubling part for me is you look at what the Pittsburgh Penguins just did, right? They had a 10-game winning streak, the longest streak of any team this year in the National Hockey League. And they still couldn't crack the top three in the division. They still couldn't, you know, they didn't get within three points of either Carolina, the Rangers, or the Capitals. They didn't get within three of any of them. 
you know, with a 10-game winning streak. So if that's not going to put you in the playoff spot, certainly they solidified their playoff position as that top wild card. But that put a lot of distance between them now and everybody else that's chasing. So it's kind of like the Penguins are still trying to catch that group of three that's ahead of them. But a 10-game winning streak wasn't enough to do it. That tells you how good, you know, the Rangers, the Caps, and the Hurricanes have been playing. The Islanders do actually have points in nine of their last 11 games. It's kind of quietly, you know, come back together for them if, if you look at the numbers. But, yeah, when, when you can have a run like that for Pittsburgh and that doesn't get you into the top three, uh, you know, the Bruins are the team that obviously you said they have to catch a dozen points back, three games in hand. Islanders still only a third of the way through the season, really, guys, with 28 games done. And so... Uh, lots of time. Barry has cited the, the Blues and, and what they did when they won that cup in 2019, dead right. last in the entire league at the end of January. And, and again, the only thing you can say is the Islanders, you know, certainly have games in hand on their side, right? They played the fewest games in the National Hockey League, but those games don't matter if you don't win them. So they've got to find a way to win them and then just slowly start chipping back at that Bruin team because right now the Penguins have jumped so far ahead of the pack in the wildcard chase that it's really just that second wildcard spot that everybody's chasing right now. Yeah, for sure. And, and what's become a, a common theme sort of on the show pretty much since the early going in the season because of the slow start that the Islanders ha have had is should they shake things up? Should they make a deal? Uh, is that something they might want to explore? You know, and, and it's kind of, again, like a, you look at it in, in a couple of different ways. They have all these games to go. They have a chance to catch the Bruins in the standings because of those games. But, you know, is it worth, you know, putting prospects and assets on the line for a season that may already be lost based on, you know, what some people might want to argue? So I guess from your vantage point, do you think that looking at maybe a, a deal to, to add to this team is something that Lamarillo would look at at this point? Or do you think maybe he kind of waits and sees just to see where they're, they're at once they finally get back on the ice? Yeah, I think he's going to wait and see. And, you know, a couple of reasons why, guys. You look at his past history, that's certainly been it. Don't mortgage the future for the present, right? He's, he's never been that type of guy. And the fact that if you look at the runs they've had the last two years, obviously being knocked out by Tampa in the semis each of the last two seasons, you know, they never were a dominating team in the regular season. I mean, they basically snuck into the playoffs both years, yeah. barely getting in. But they are a team that's built for the postseason. So they've proved that each of the last two years, that's their best hockey when you get to Stanley Cup playoff time. And, you know, I think Lou wants a chance to see what they can do if they can get everybody back and everybody healthy. And, you know, I've had a lot of time to crunch the numbers over these breaks. And they've actually only played five games, guys, five games all year where they've had their what I'd call their top 20 guys dressed wow. at the same time. So... You know, at the beginning of the year, it was Semyon Varlamov who didn't dress the first six games. Then he came back in. They finally got that top 20 together. And then Ryan Pollock goes out, and he hasn't been back since mid-November. So I think you want to have a look at what, you know, a healthy group can do if you get everybody back off COVID, which it appears everybody is. And now Ryan Pollock's still the lone guy out. He's skating on his own, but not with the team yet. Is there a chance he plays Thursday? Hopefully, yes. And then you're back to that, you know, quote-unquote top 20 guys dressing and, you know, give them a chance to show what they can do. They actually did have a good run early on in the year. People forget it. They had points yeah. in straight games at one point. They were on a 5-0 and 2 run before they just collapsed at the end of that road trip, which led into, you know, the COVID and injury situations and the disastrous start to the home schedule. And they're still trying to claw their way back. So right now, to me, that first step is always get to NHL 500. You can't do anything until you at least get there. And right now there are two games below that. So you get back to, you know, what I call level ground and then try to start the climb. So if they can win a couple here in a row and, you know, make it a three-game winning streak, a four-game winning streak for the first time all year, now you're at NHL 500 and now you move forward. But you got to get back to that, that level point.
Yeah, for sure. And it really was a, a series of unfortunate events to, to start the year. And oh. hopefully they can turn things around a little bit. Now, uh, I did want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, you know, even with the cancellations, maybe you've been in the building a, a little less than you would have expected to by now. But you've had an opportunity to kind of settle into your new digs at UBS Arena. And I was just curious if maybe you can share with us what the what the experience has been from a broadcasting point of view for you uh, in, in the new uh, arena for the Islanders. Yeah, from a broadcasting point of view, the thing I like best, Sean, is that like this is the first time ever you guys have seen the, the setup up there that we've actually had our own booth, our own radio booth, which is pretty standard around the National Hockey League. But our setup at the Coliseum, we were kind of in press row there with you know reporters on each side of us and above us and really crammed in. There was a great view, but we were really crammed in tight. Uh, didn't have much real estate and were kind of surrounded by, you know, other people working on press row, which was fine, but you didn't have that that privacy that we now have in the booth. And at Barclays Center, it was essentially a card table at the top of Section 9. So, I mean, it, it literally was a card table. That's what it was because that building didn't have a press box. They didn't think they were going to have a hockey tenant, right? So that was, you know, surrounded by fans. So we've either been in the past surrounded by kind of reporters at the Coliseum, surrounded by fans at Barclays, and just to have our own booth and and spread out a little bit has really been nice. And, you know, to have a place that you kind of feel like that's your own. So, uh, you know, it's getting homier and homier as we go, but it's just nice to have that room to ourselves and kind of just that privacy that we're cut off, as are, you know, all the other radio booths and the TV booths, and they've done such a great job up there that uh, I just love, you know, finally having a radio booth we can call our own, if you will. That's my favorite part of, of the location we have at uh, UBS Arena. Right on. And just as a, as a quick follow-up, do you have maybe a, a favorite feature of the building, even maybe from a fan's or a supporter's, you know, a guest point of view, just with all the amenities that they have now and, you know, again, getting to see the building the way it is? Uh, do you have anything that, that's kind of stood out to you, uh, maybe from what a, what a fan might appreciate? Yeah, it's funny you say that, Sean, because my daughter actually went to a concert there early on. She went to the Harry Styles concert. She's a big music person, and she loved that. But you know what? There's so much to see that if you only have one event to go to, it's really it's almost impossible, I would say, to see it all, right? Because the Coliseum, you had That's one right. concourse, you kind of make your loop and you're done, right? Well, here you got the main concourse, you got the upper concourse, you got the suite level, you got there's so much going on. So I kind of put together like a top five things to see at UBS <laughs> my daughter. Uh, I sent her out the text, and I'll, I'll tell you what was on it because these are the things yeah, that you know great. jump out to me. Um, the two outdoor terraces; those to me are you know just spectacular that you can get outside, you know, and they're on different levels. And that second level one kind of gives you a view of the main entrance. The lower level one is kind of a different view too over by the racetrack. But I, I just I love those outdoor terraces. So those were two things that were on my list. Um, one of the other things I told her about was the. Uh, the whole area that they call the tailgate bar down there, where, again, fans can gather and meet. And you got Paul Carche there on his organ during Islander games. And Haley from the uh, the in-house presentation crew is there as well with her desk and her setup. And I just love that gathering space where you can still watch the game and, yeah. and everybody can kind of meet and hang out there. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else I had on the list. Oh, yeah, a little area kind of on the opposite side of the uh, the tailgate bar. Um, it's on the upper-level concourse, but they have kind of famous quotes from all these uh, yes. Not only athletes, but musicians as well. I'm a big music guy. So it's kind of all New York born and bred, you know, athletes and musicians and famous quotes from them. And that's just a really nice area to take a look at. And then the other thing that really struck me, guys, as many photos as there is of Islander players and great Islander history, there might be more pictures of Islander fans in that building than there are of players. And that's a great thing because it's made for the fans. And, you know, there's so many great shots of fans, that season ticket wall. 
Uh, the season ticket holders roll their names, which is surrounded by fan photos. They just did a really nice job of, you know, letting the fans know, hey, you're a bigger part of this as the players are. And I'd say those are, you know, then that was the kind of my top five list that I sent to my daughter when she was going to his show. And I've since, you know, passed it along to my brother who went to his first game, too. Talking with Chris King, the radio voice of the New York Islanders here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And, and Kinger, getting back to uh, getting back to the product on the ice, I am curious, now that we're kind of hitting, I guess I, I guess I want to call it like the second half of the season, but it really, it's it not even. We may never get there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Third. I, yeah. It, so coming out of this this wackiness, looking at the the players that are going to be on the ice Thursday or, or potentially Saturday if Thursday doesn't happen, and kind of going forward, Kinger, in your eyes, who is the most important player that needs to kind of have a successful run here for the Islanders to be uh, yeah. to make that climb that you were talking about? I guess it starts with Ryan Pollock, right? He's got to be healthy. Mm-hmm. He's still, to me, their best two-way defenseman. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I think that's the biggest key, right? You got to get him back. You got to get him healthy. He's usually, you know, here Adam Pellick are the ice time uh, leaders for the Islanders almost each and every night. So I would start with him. And, uh, you know, up front, I would say you've got to get these veteran forwards going to be, you know, 28 games in and have Josh Bailey with one goal, Zach Parisi with one goal, Kyle Palmieri with one goal. It, it, it's just, it, it can't, it can't work that way. So those guys, you know, are, are, are going to start feeling what Barry Trotz likes to call backside pressure, right? The young players who've really stepped up their games. And I think that's going to be the most interesting thing to watch for when the puck finally does drop is does Kiefer Bellows stay in the lineup because he deserves to. There's absolutely no question yeah. with the way he's played of late, he deserves to stay. And if so, is Kyle Palmieri the guy who's out? Is Zach Parisi the guy who's out? Even though Josh Bailey only has one goal, he certainly you know, piled up the assists and is a mainstay on those top two lines. So I don't think it would be him that would come out. But does Barry Trotz say, hey, look, you know, I'm not going to take Kiefer out. We, we finally got him going the way we'd like to. And, you know, maybe that puts other guys on the bench for the first time in Parisi or Palmieri, whose offensive production just hasn't been there. So to me, they need to get more out of the veterans that way. They need to get a healthy Ryan Pollock. And, you know, the goaltending, I think, has been the bright spot of late. Certainly, Ilya Sorokin... I think was the MVP. You could make a case he might still be uh, of the yeah. season at this point and the run he went on playing those first nine games and had, what was it, three shutouts, I think, in a five-game span. But then suddenly Semyon Varlamov, I know it's been forever now <laughs> that he's made those last two starts, but he only allowed one goal against, I think, in each of his last two starts, and he was you know less than a minute away from a shutout in that, that first win of him on uh, first win he had all season. So um, that's kind of where I view the group. I think, you know, the real thing to watch is, though, is Kiefer Bellows. Can he keep himself in the lineup? His play says he should. But, you know, the Islanders kind of have a history of, of saying, you know, sometimes that young players have to wait their turn. But I think now is the time that, you know, in the, in the predicament they're in, you have to stay with a hot player, even though everybody's going to cool off with 11 days off. But just you finally get him skating. He's, he's using that great shot. And, you know, he's been one of the hotter players of late for New York. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you there, especially on Bellows. I think he's been such a bright spot. And, and he, I know he's been a guy that, that Shawnee and I honestly have kind of at the beginning of the year kind of counted out. And, and you look at what he's been able to do with, with his opportunities gotten us of late and it's been it's been something to watch but I, I did want to ask you kinger about the veterans that you talked about at the top of that answer the baileys the palmaries and the parisis now zach parisi i kind of feel like if you ask a minnesota wild fan they go yeah this is pretty much what parisi did all last season or the later time later part of his time there but for bailey and for um palmary what do you kind of make of their you know their lack of offensive production uh during the season especially 
uh, Paul Mary, who was really counted on to kind of fill that void that that um, Jordan Eberle leaves. Yeah, I, I think in the, in the case of Bailey early on, uh, Christian, and it's changed a little bit of late. He just wasn't shooting. I think at mm. one point, I think we were 17 games in, and he had 10 shots on goal total. I think that was his total, uh, which is crazy, right? 17 games yeah. in, we always know he's always been passed first, and he sees the ice so well, and he's so smart. But, you know, averaging, you know, like a half a shot per game, it's just, that was crazy. He's picked that up since. And, you know, he's, he has been getting a chance to play on the top line of late. Um, uh, so we'll see about him. Palmieri's been the head scratcher because, you know, he earned himself the big contract based on the way he played in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And mm -hmm. let's remember, when he came over in the trade from the Devils, I think he had two goals in 17 games to close out the regular season. Um, but then, you know, caught fire immediately at the right. overtime winner it was right in game one in Pittsburgh, that afternoon game, and got himself rolling and finished with seven goals in the playoffs, which tied for the team lead. And that's what earned him the, the four-year $20 million deal. But to have just one goal at this point, I think, you know, right now, if everybody's healthy come Thursday night, Kyle Palmieri is the guy who's going to be out and Kiefer Bellows is going to stay in. So I don't know what it is about Palmieri that, you know, he hasn't been able to score. Even when Parisi wasn't scoring, he was, you know, making things happen. He was getting those scoring chances. He was hitting the post, the crossbar. He had breakaways. You know, you, you felt it was coming. Right. With Zach. I haven't had that feeling yet with Kyle. I just haven't. Well, Chris, great stuff as always, and uh, we've added a, a relatively new part of the On the Line segment here with our guests called the Random Question. I don't believe we've done it with you yet, but uh, you said you were a music man yourself, so I figured give you a little bit of a layup question here. <laughs> now, now that we've learned that you are a music guy, yep. what would you say is the best concert you have ever attended? Oh, my goodness. See, that that's impossible. So <laughs> you got to understand, I'll give folks a little bit of background. I say I'm a music guy. I worked part-time as a DJ at a classic rock station, ah. WRCN, for eight and a half years. Okay. And I went to an alternative station, a legendary alternative station, WLIR, for six and a half years. So for 15 years, I basically got you know either free tickets or a press pass to almost every concert I ever wanted to <laughs> Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. So I, I'd have to, you know, it's hard to pick one off the top of my head. But just, you know, Springsteen being Springsteen, uh, you know, I've probably seen him a dozen times and, and never disappointed. So I think the fact that the guy, you know, is still doing three and four hour shows <laughs> in his 70s now and, and in the heyday, uh, I've seen him so many places, so many great shows at the Coliseum um, over in Jersey, uh, you know, the old Giants Stadium, the old uh, Brendan Byrne Arena. Uh, so just I, I think because of, of what he's meant to, you know, rock history and live rock, I guess I'd put one of those Bruce shows up there. But it's really impossible to pick one. I, I've seen so many great classic rock shows and alternative rock shows just because of the access I got from working at those great radio stations. That's fair. Well, would you also consider him your favorite artist? Um, I would put him up there. It, okay. It's funny. I, I kind of do have a standard four that I lean on. When Another list. Let's go. <laughs> I'll give you the four. And this, they all kind of fall more in the alternative. And then I'll go to the classic rock side. So <laughs> it's right. interesting. But I, I have stayed with my big four. My big four are you 2 Nice. Okay. The Police. Okay. Peter Gabriel. Nice. And R.E.M. All solid. All right. So that's my big four. But that's all kind of on the alternative side. Now if we go to the classic rock side <laughs> – Springsteen, Petty, The Beatles, The Who, Queen, Billy Joel, I'll put in there. I love Billy Joel, seen him you know, a ton of times on Long Island. Um, the Beatles, uh, just you know, the best ever, and, and that incredible documentary. I just got through the eight-hour documentary, was, was phenomenal. And uh, I'd say that's, that's probably six or seven of classic rock. So if you put those six with the other four, there's your top ten uh, rock acts or music acts for me. Uh, but uh, 
You can't lose with any of those. <laughs> that is a solid list, Cameron. Yes. I think we would have had to revoke your Long Island card <laughs> credentials if you didn't have Billy Joel on one of those lists. I forgot so. to Billy Joel. My daughter recently <laughs> asked me this question, like, who's your top 10, Dad? And I left him out, and then she's like, not Billy Joel. And of course, <laughs> Billy Joel. And I've seen him so many times at the Coliseum, guys, and he always puts on a great show, too. So, yeah, I don't want to leave the piano man out. Absolutely. Chris King, the radio voice of the New York Islanders. Hopefully we'll hear you on Thursday, calling Thursday's yes. game from UBS Arena, from your perch up there in the press area. Kinger, we always appreciate when you make some time for us. Yes. It's been a lot of fun, and we always learn a lot. And, and now we know your top music list, too. And there you go. All right, thanks, Christian. <laughs> thanks, Sean, for having me. Have a good night, guys. Absolutely. You too, Kinger. Thanks so much, Chris. Take care. The great Bye-bye. Chris King from the New York Ooh. Islanders, the radio voice of the New York Islanders there, giving us a lot of great stuff to think about and uh, <laughs> yes, always I mean, fantastic. I mean, you got a top five list for things to go see at UBS Arena. You got a top f- 15 list of Kinger's musical yeah. choices that he has on his uh A lot of solid top, choices. Yeah, no, there, there was nothing wrong on either of those lists. Yeah, nothing wrong. Maybe some I wouldn't so much agree with, but sure, nothing wrong. The REM. Actually, I'm okay with REM. I'm actually not a big Bruce guy at all. That makes two of us. I'm not a big Bruce. Bruce I mean, guy. I like. I like their own, but yeah, yeah I, I he's never fine. Really I've never. Stuff. Yeah. You know I, what? It, it's like <laughs> apparently, apparently, Bruce Springsteen is one of those like you have to go see it live. Like I've, like, and there, I haven't. There are people that are yeah. like, you're not going to get it if you don't see it live. Yeah. I'm like, eh, I'm not okay. a big Tom Petty guy either. Oh, I like Tom Petty. But but like this Tom is Petty. this is going to sound sacrilege to any Bruce Springsteen fan out there. But to me, and granted, I, I've I've ne- haven't again. Heard you're nearly, not a Bruce Springsteen nearly as 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 large as his his um you know um. Discography is, is yeah. yeah, his catalog is. But I always joke around and say his favorite, his best song is uh, his rendition of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my favorite Bruce song. <laughs> he does a good job. But yeah, I don't really care for the rest. I mean, it's a good song. I, I actually, actually want, that's one of my more. Just lost like 100 subscribers. That's one of my more favorite Christmas tunes, the, the Bruce Springsteen version of, of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It's good. I, it think, that good. Was, I think that was recorded live at, um, I want to say, Asbury Park. I mean, it's definitely live. I no, mean, no, no, no. I know it, it, it is. It, it's one of those it like well-known Jersey town, like like Jersey Shore towns. It was Asbury Park, or I want to say yeah. it, it wasn't AC. Like, it was one of those short towns, though. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, you like better uh, watch out. Yeah, you better not cry. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I listen. I I I like. I I I don't agree with with Sean on Tom Petty, but. But we agree on Bruce. I respect Bruce. both of those guys, but I yeah, just yeah, never yeah. really got in. I like a couple of petty songs, but overall, not here. A little, little, little boring for me. A little boring. A little quiet. Just oh, being honest. Right. I'm, I'm a metal no, 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 dude. No, no, no. We so, put, yeah. I, so Sean and I listen to music before the start of the show, usually when we're preparing or setting stuff yes. up. And yes. I think there was one time I did put a Tom Petty on. Tom and Petty I song, And Sean audibly <laughs> groaned. And he, goes, he gave me a look like, yeah, I, really? like I kicked your dog. Yeah, yeah, I did. That's true. That's a true story. But we move on. Islander yeah. hockey. <laughs> oh, great stuff from, from Kinger, as always. <laughs> yes. Appreciate you coming. It was funny. So the other thing, the other you, had, you were just rolling with questions today. I didn't want to interrupt. But, well, you uh, had the first half. I kind of came in the middle. I you had know? two. And then you just rolled through with like 10 in a row. It happens sometimes, um, man. <laughs> but he mentioned he mentioned the their old setup in the press box at Nassau Coliseum because they were kind of shoehorned yeah, in next yeah. to all the all the. The, pre- the, the print and, and digital reporters. Mm-hmm. And so there would be times I'd end up sitting above Kinger, especially during the playoffs or something like that, when there, was, when there was a very full press box. You were putting people everywhere. Yeah, I remember. And I one, of my, one of the, the thing that always made me nervous every time they would put me up there is I would be terrified I'd knock something over onto Kinger's head <laughs> or onto Greg Picker's head, who Greg is the, the color analyst uh, on the Islanders radio broadcast. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know. Um, <laughs> Everybody knows that. 
But that was always, I'm like, I would always like be super careful. I'd pick up something, pick something up and I go, yeah, all right, I'm just going to put that right there. And then I'm going to move away from that. Cause I was like, so afraid I was gonna be like, and just knock it. It's empty. That's why I did that. He just knocked a, a water <laughs> bottle onto my keyboard. I'm glad the show's still running. It's empty. Yes, it's empty. It is. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. But I was going to tell that to King Irvin, and then you, you kind of just rolled Oh, over I stole your thunder, buddy? Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Next time, huh? No, it's, it's Next over. time. The moment's gone. Oh, man. What a shame. Gone. Sorry, guys. Anyway. I have to agree with Mel, though. You did sound pretty. It was a pretty good Bruce Springsteen impression before. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. And it's all in jest. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate the guy, but I can do a hell of a Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> All right, all right. Reeling it Can back you just in. do the show, the rest of the show in Bruce Springsteen voice? I, I mean, I can't do it on demand now, but maybe maybe down the road, you know? Maybe next holiday <laughs> episode, I'll just do a, a Santa Claus is Coming to Town Bruce Springsteen uh, hosting hosting job. Maybe I'll do that. We'll see. Oh, that'd be awesome. We'll see. I'd, I'd sign up for that. I mean, we, we're all about having fun here. I'd so sign up for maybe that. We'll, we'll just sit up. Yeah. But the Islanders. So the Islanders, yeah, they, they're please. a hockey team. <laughs> they don't play hockey, but they're a hockey team. Right. They used to. Um, they used to. Yeah, they used to play hockey. I think they retired or something. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> they might have. They may play, may not play another game. So <laughs> they opened up UBS Arena. The team has actually. Has actually decided to retire as I a mean, whole. I it, mean, it's been that kind of season. I mean, they <laughs> have to wait 13 games, and then they finally open it up. Everybody's sick on, on COVID protocol. It's just been one disaster after the next. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So we started talking about Brock and Palmieri and Wallstrom coming back, and, and, I, and I'm glad that King touched on the whole dynamic of keeping Bellows in the lineup and whether or not Palmieri's going to. Why are you Why are you giggling? <laughs> you call him King? Kinger? Kinger. Kinger. Yeah, yeah that's he's like King. I'm glad King, bro. <laughs> just sounded it's his last name. I know, but it, no, I've never heard such go, just call him, yo, King. It's Kinger. <laughs> okay. It just sounds weird. Sorry. Apologies to Chris King if you're still watching. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. If he ever started he's watching. He's not. Yeah, right. So anyway, Let's talking about that whole dynamic with, with Bellows, is he going to stay in? And, and is Palmieri going to get back in the lineup when he comes back? And I think I, I actually saw somebody ask, you know, after Kinger was explaining how Palmieri should stay, uh, sorry, Bellow should stay in and maybe Palmieri should sit when he comes back. And I saw the question, well, ah, is Barry really going to keep yeah. Palmieri out of the lineup when the games come back? And, right. and it's a fair question. And we talked about this last week, too. The you know NHL coaches at large kind of having a penchant for going with, with veterans. Yeah. But you know what? I, 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 if, if there, again, if there's nobody else that's hurt or sick, I kind of have to agree with the... The, the people uh, who are fans of the youth right now in the sense that you give Bellows and Wallstrom a little bit of a chance here once they do come back, and maybe you let Paul, Paul Mary watch from the press box for a couple games. I'm okay with that. I think, I think that's how they should start it off. Whether or not Barry Trotz goes that route, we shall see. Right. But I think... We don't have that kind of pull. I think it, No, we don't. But at this point in time, I think, I think that's a fair way to look at it, and I think it's a good way to reward those guys. I agree. I mean, listen... Palmieri's not doing much for you. Uh, you know, I know Trotz usually talks about these, these the intangibles or, or this or that or, you know, whatever. I, I, I just don't see that this year. Even, you know, you look at a, a player like Zach Parise. Yeah, he's a great locker room guy, I'm sure. But even that, that's that's kind of gone the way, the, you know, by the wayside. So to to not to put someone like a Palmieri back into the lineup and take out a Bellos or someone else that's made an impact during the stretch where the, the team hasn't been playing or, you know, oh, they had to play through COVID... Message. I, I I don't even know if it doesn't send a great message, but but yeah. I think it just 
Yeah, I mean, I, I th- yeah, I think it just sends the wrong message. Actually, <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> sorry, my thought was my my mouth got ahead of my thought, but yeah, okay. I agree with you. It sends it sends the wrong message to the team. I think it sends the wrong message to those guys, and I think it sends the wrong message, honestly, to to a player like Paul Mary, where it says like, "Hey, look, you cannot play up to your potential or what you should be doing. And we're just going to keep you in the lineup." So, what's the incentive for them to to try and put that best foot forward, sort of speak? I mean, you you never want to think that a player needs that sort of incentive to be like, hey, like, oh, you're, you know, I, I might lose my job, <laughs> but yeah, um, but you know, it, it, I think it sends the wrong message to to not to reward him for the lack of play and and not reward someone who's played up to up, up above and beyond where we ever imagined him playing this season and the contributions that he's had and the yeah. way that he's playing the energy that it brings to the lineup and his ability to kind of mm-hmm. what I like about Bellos's game is that he has that offensive upside for sure but I think you've seen him get a lot better in the neutral zone mm-hmm. in his own zone the physicality that he, he plays with he's he's a much more physical player it seems like at times but there's that comfortability in his game where he can go from that kind of oh I need to throw my body around a little too oh I need to create an offensive opportunity and I think that's something that really is, is valued especially for a team like the Islanders yeah no I agree with you there and I guess the only counter argument to that and I think it's a weak one at that is that you know if 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 you're going to be worrying it's if you're still thinking about get getting into the playoffs if mm-hmm. you still want to grab that wild card you're not really worried about what message you're sending right it's more about gaining those points getting wins putting the right. players on the ice who you think is going to give you the best chance to win but even with that said is Kyle Palmer even that guy right right now? it's he's not yeah he's absolutely not right okay we agree look at that yeah what do you say Springsteen, we're going to uh, this <laughs> I know. I was a little surprised that you you were also on the uh, the off the the Springsteen bandwagon <laughs> along with me. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. All right. So, what do you think? A little uh, what's on tap? Sure, let's do it. Let's do it. And now it's time for what's on tap. Maybe brought to you by RJ Perhaps. Daniels American <laughs> Bar and Grill. That's right, folks. It is time for What's on Tap, brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. So, Christian, we literally had nothing on tap last week. Right. And you kind of started talking about this stuff early in the show. You basically blew the whole segment already. Well, but what do we have on tap oh. for this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, the New York Islanders, they play the New Jersey Devils. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but they're also a hockey team. Yes. Uh, they may play them. That's a big. There's a big question mark now considering the situation that's, that's going on with the Devils. They've had, they have seven players in COVID protocol that... Their game against the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow was postponed. We'll see what happens on Thursday. Hopefully you see some players come out of protocol, perhaps. No one else new goes in that they can be they're able to play by Thursday. It's a big it's a big question mark right now. And that would be an, a, as Kinger was saying before, it'd be a really unfortunate circumstance because then you just continue to kind of push back that that itch to finally get back onto the ice for the Islanders, right? Yeah. You know, you missed that that first opportunity to get them back in game shape. And, you know, you know New Jersey in the, in the current state that they're in, that's not a bad team when you look at it. I understand it's it's the, it's the NH, it's NHL hockey. You, you know, any team can beat any team yeah. any night, blah, 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 blah. You know, <laughs> whatever they... Well, well said. Whatever they always say, because you got to say it, right? Um, but that's not a bad game to start your first game back after a week and a half. Agreed. Compared and to playing the Caps the first night back or the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers the first night back. And McKenzie, but Blackwood's been struggling right. of late, so might be a good game to get back. So that's that's why too, like the on the on the other surface I hit the microphone. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Um <laughs> on the other level of that whole thought too, not just because it would be a shame that people really want to see NHL hockey again. It's been it's been a week and a half and I'm sure people are crawling up the wall to see the Islanders play. Mm-hmm. 
but and the players I'm sure are crawling up a wall to actually play a game. Yeah. But it also is a good ease you back into the things kind of kind of game. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. Not a bad, not a bad way. To, but also the Washington Capitals, they're playing the New York Islanders on Saturday at the UBS at <laughs> two o'clock. Yes. Another tough divisional matchup right there. That'll be a that'll be an interesting one for the Islanders. I think with a healthier a tougher lineup. Opponent. Yes, it's a tougher yeah. opponent. Hopefully no one there's no COVID issues. Hopefully maybe you're maybe you're looking at Ryan Pulak coming back or getting closer to coming back at that yeah, point. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds um, like he's a little further away. Yeah. Yeah. And so that'll be a good test to see where the Islanders are after that, after all this time, see where they really kind of are in the in the grand scheme of the season because these are important games now. Yeah. And then Philadelphia is always a tough tough out for the Islanders, regardless of uh, how good or bad they are. Yeah. And they're very bad this year. Yeah. Um, that's always a game that's tough for the Islanders regardless. So yeah. that's that'll be an interesting matchup when they play them back-to-back. Well, at least they're all home games. The f- the second game is not against Caps. That's in Washington. Yes, game no game against Washington. Islanders off the next day. They play the Cap- the Philadelphia Flyers that Monday. Oh, the following game. And against the following the game. Flyers. The Flyers. Yes. 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 And now I'm getting yes. a little head because that's actually what's next week. Right. Like you're now. already killing next week's questions, Bruin. <laughs> Jeez, man. RJ's gonna pull the plug. Well, you just mixed up the two segments. I said questions, Bruin. Yeah, you did. I did. I meant what's on tap. Did you though? Good night, everybody. <laughs> and that's what's on tap. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> that was What's on Tap, brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American <laughs> Bar and Grill. And just to... I was so excited to talk about actual hockey games. No, I know, man. Jumping at the bit yeah. here. <laughs> but, and Good also, Lord. just to reiterate from, from earlier on in the show, last week we did talk about... That we were hopefully going hopefully gonna to have a, a viewing party at Oyster Bay Brewery for the Maple Leafs game on the 22nd. But again, now that that has been switched to a home game, that will no longer be happening in Oyster Bay Brewing Company. However, we will be trying to get a viewing party there down the line. And of course, keep your ears peeled for the next one at RJ Daniels. Still working on that as well. Because if you need great planules, you go to RJ Daniels. That's where you go. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. That's yeah. a t-shirt now. <laughs> it's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt now. Need great planules. Mike thought you were so clever. He's not. Huh? You. What? That you're so clever he put that on the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I didn't come up with it. That was on Mike, actually. That that line was, was Mike O.B. Was it really? Great plan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a tremendous it's line. Tremendous line. Mm, funny. Funny how you change your opinion there. Yeah, because you suck. Wow, nice. Very nice, Christian. Always a pleasure to do the show. <laughs> so, moving on now, let's talk about... Well, we could do that in questions, Bruin, actually. We have a, a potential trade that people have been talking about, and I think it was even raised in the chat here. I think we'll save that for questions, Bruin. I think somebody was actually asking about it, and I want to tie that into Evander Kane. Let's talk about Evander Kane. He has been placed on waivers for a contract termination. I think they already – did they terminate the contract? Is he He's way, yeah. It's, He's it's, gone. And the, NA, He's and then the NHL, the Players Association, is immediately going to – he hasn't been terminated yet, but as soon as it is, they're going to file a grievance with the league. Okay, so I already have a very strong opinion about this, but Christian, is it even worth the no. New York Islanders? Okay, well, so here's you. it's not worth no. it on several levels because Good. I mean, it's, yeah, it's I agree, it would be chaos. I understand <laughs> anyone who who looks at it and goes, "Yeah, he's an offensive player, this yeah. and that." Uh, on paper, yeah, he sounds like a decent offensive pickup for the for the Islanders. Could solve some some scoring issues that they've had. As far as an organizational fit, I mean, I think I think that would be the uh, what Mike O'Brien just said in the, in the chat. I avoid you avoid that at all costs. In all caps, um, in, yeah. all, in all caps, yeah. You say that in all caps, yeah. In, in reality, um, because it's just it's not a great not a great 
a lot of off the ice issues, whether they're true, whether they're not true. Right. There's a lot of off the ice issues and a lot of off ice baggage that comes along with it. Of course, the Islanders stance with COVID and vaccinations and um, how the how they expect everyone within the organization to maintain themselves and conduct themselves uh, is very well known. And Evander Kane has very obviously not done that with his own with his organization out in San Jose. Right. And knowing Lou Lamarillo's reputation, he I don't think he would touch Evander Kane with exactly. football with, yeah. with all the history there. I mean, I don't even think it's a starter. I, I don't know how many people in Ireland country are even, you know, looking into this and saying, hey, this is a guy that should give a shot. I, but, like, if you are, <laughs> give up maybe, the dream. Maybe you need I to would, rethink. Yeah, I would, <laughs> I would definitely, definitely rethink that. And, and funny enough, T-Boyle 13 says Arizona might take it. They would literally take anybody. So. Yeah, that sounds about right. Arizona can't even get a, a, their own arena built, let alone. I mean, that whole organization organization from top to bottom is so poorly run from ownership on down. I mean, the number of scandals that that team has had between the conduct of, of the people that they hired to the fact that they weren't even paying their bills to the state and to the county or the, the municipality. They did do like one big payment recently. Though. Yeah, they paid yeah, off well the that, taxes yeah. or whatever it was. but That way they didn't get locked out of the building. That would have been bad. Yeah, That would have been hilarious. Yeah, Look, I, I've hilarious. said it on the show before. I think that franchise is bound for Houston. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it just Listen, sounds like it keeps getting worse. Toyota Center used to host the Houston Arrow, uh, what was it? Arrows. Arrows. Yeah, Arrows. Arrows, yeah. Arrows with the AHL club when Mike Yo was there. Mike Yo, coach there before he went to Minnesota. Is that an NHL size building? Because I know they, I think they have one already. They just want a team. They want an NHL team. They've well, been, they, they've been they making pitches to the league for they years. They have an NBA franchise, which that building was. Built oh yeah, the the Sprockets, the Houston Rockets. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's right. So they could share that building. Yeah, that's which true. I mean, it's a it's stated. It's a nice building. It, it, it would fit all the earmarks <laughs> that the NHL would want. Fair point, Thomas Panic. But you know, it's nice to be on the other side of that that uh, you know that situation for once. But yes, well, I'm not trying to pile on the Coyotes here. We're just basically speaking truth here. This is the situation. Yeah. And they were a poorly won franchise that should and be And yeah, when, when people were saying, oh, the Islanders are going to Quebec and all that, you know what? They had, they had basically some, some reasons to say that back then. And, and by a, a million miracles, that hasn't happened. The Islanders are in UBS now, thankfully. But, but yeah, the Arizona Coyotes situation is not looking good. And now Islander fans can be the ones that can go, yeah, that team should move to Quebec. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny how, how how things turn around, right? Listen, I am very sympathetic to yeah, what's I don't, going I don't on, wish in that on Arizona fans. Absolutely not. I hope they keep the team. I wouldn't wish that on anybody because because we Islander fans went through that. I wouldn't wish that on a fan base, but the optics right now make it look like it's it's only a matter of time before they go somewhere. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I I really want. I love the. I love non traditional markets. I am someone who loves that there are teams in Florida and Texas and California and basically anywhere that that isn't considered a hockey market. I think that's that's a I that's love the whole the, point. Spread yeah. the sport. And I, I love it more because there are so many people north of the border that hate it and think that all yes. the teams should be play like they should be playing on the frozen ponds yeah. in Canada. And so I really love it when you have teams like <laughs> Dallas which is super successful. Um, yeah, Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay, super successful. Carolina's got a great Carolina team. Carolina now, really successful. Vegas, super, super, super effing successful. And I love every second of it. And I, lo I love the fact that Arizona stayed. I love that Jim Balsillo and his ridiculous attempt to try and hijack the team and move it to <laughs> Hamilton or that was something. whatever. Yeah. I'm glad that never happened. He's like the Blackberry guy, right? Yeah. Blackberry <laughs> no one, and look how well that would have worked. No one uses a gosh darn Blackberry anymore, you loser. And so... 
I'm really pulling for the Arizona Coyotes to figure this out. Of course. I would love to see them figure it out. It just doesn't look good. I would lo- and the other thing, I, I've said it to you before, Sean, I, I never understood why the sport wasn't more popular down there. I mean, there is such an abundance of people there, a very diverse mix of people, might I add. Also, you have the, the Arizona State right there. So if you're if you're an NHL player, I don't know why you wouldn't want to live in a town like an in yeah. a college town. I don't know. Just, maybe your management. There's just that, but. so many signs pointing to We're moving. Yeah, because not only are they having this arena problem, which is the biggest one of all, but they just they're not fielding an NHL quality team, and they're no. not being shy about the moves that they're making to just make the cap floor. Hello, Andrew Ladd. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, Andrew Ladd, who has more goals than Kyle Palmer. Let's not let's not go there, okay? We're just talking <laughs> talking about the Coyotes <laughs> right now, right? Not to bring that up, but anyway, it's, bring back it's, Andrew Ladd. Is what we're saying, it, yeah, yes, That's, yes. The campaign starts now. We're uh, we're actually Goodness. starting Hockey Night New York is now officially on the Bring Back Andrew Ladd train. Every week, we're going to remind you to are we though? Send notes and emails and letters to Lou Lamorello <laughs> at twenty twenty UBS Way. That's not know. a real address. Why would I give out a real address? Yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, yeah, I, I haven't signed off on this, but I'm glad you're having fun, Christian. Yeah, I love it. So bring back Andrew Ladd. I'm we gonna, wish we wish the fans made. in Arizona the best, yeah. but it's not it's not looking good. Not looking good. So why don't we go to Hero of the Week, which is looking better? It's looking a little better. Yeah. All right, folks. I want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night ny and your favorite podcast providers later on. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, the hero of the week. You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer, and Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islanders' brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your Barn Rocker from Carolina to California if you're following the team on the road. Here at home, the tap room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open seven days a week with indoor and outdoor seating so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. Hey Islander fans, you already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now, you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, All three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero.
ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is the Hockey Night in New York, featuring grilled chicken, buffalo sauce, mozzarella cheese, and avocado in a wrap. Get it for half price all week starting tomorrow, that is Monday, through next week, where we'll announce the brand new Half Off Hero. Stop on in, mention Hockey Night in New York for half off the Hockey Night in New York. And just for anybody who might be curious, as of right now, that is only for the Huntington location. Yes. That is not for UBS Arena. They don't even sell it there. And it's also not for the East Islip location. Just Huntington. Just in case. We don't want you driving out to East Islip only to get disappointed that you can't get the best wrap on the menu for half off. So, Christian, who is your hero of the week? With no games being played. (laughs) My hero of the week is myself, honestly. I deserve it. Man, I should have seen that one coming. Uh, No, it's actually uh, a gentleman by the name of Lane Lambert. Yeah. For filling in. That's there a you nice go. picture. Look at him, huh? Uh, for filling in, <laughs> uh, doing a very great job, by the way, for Barry yeah. Trotz in his absence during while well, well, Trotz traveled home and, um, you know, dealt with, the, with his personal matter. Islanders were still practicing. Lane Lambert ran the practice, getting more eyes on him for his future potential NHL head coaching gig somewhere. So everyone wins. Yeah, well, I don't like that part because I would like him to stick with Barry as long as Barry's here. And, and when are we getting news on the new contract? When are we get the new contract extension? When's that happening? That's a great question, right? I'm curious to see what plays out with that, right? Like, I, I think we're everyone's in agreement. Barry Trotz should stay. Most everyone. Yes, there's, there's like one person in this chat that I think has said they wanted to go. But other than that, I think everybody else is on board. Right. <laughs> I'm curious to see how much longer Barry Trotz still wants to coach. And I'm curious to see what the evaluation process from ownership would be on how it's all worked out under the Barry Trotz tenure and whether they think that a new sense of direction would be needed to try and get over really? the hump. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm agreeing with this, but I'm saying I think mm. there's there's certainly uh, a curiosity because it's, it's something that we haven't heard about. I mean, I there know there may be a think tank considering this, perhaps a meeting. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, you know, people talk. Sure, a couple of coffees are served. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Sure, sure. Okay, all right. I disagree. I think I think as long as Barry still wants to coach this team, John Ledecky will write the check or Scott Malkin, whoever signs them. <laughs> we don't, I'm not sure who Maybe that is. they both signed. It's him. probably Scott. But either way, I think Barry's got a he's, – he's, you can stay as long as you want. I mean, I, that's obviously how I feel. I haven't been shy about that ever since uh, he came to this franchise, and may he stay for a very long time. But I would like to see an extension at some point. You know, that'd be nice. And I guess I might as well, you know, give my hero of the week because that's what the segment's all about. Yeah. And <laughs> look at that. It's Lane Lambert, too. Yeah, uh, as you guys know, no games this past week, so it was a little we tough. We get creative. Yeah, we try. You know, we, we <laughs> Sean try. Sean had to try really hard to stop me from putting myself because we were this close to doing that. You, you might have been. I, I was never close. It was going to happen. That wasn't going to. I mean, maybe on your, your end, but I certainly wasn't, wasn't going to pick you. But <laughs> Lambert, <laughs> there you go. Nice. But anyway, I love so it. The chat been, is great. That's, yeah. the, that's my should've, favorite part. That should have been what you wrote in, <laughs> on the photo. <laughs> That's true. I should have missed opportunity. Maybe maybe when we uh, post it on social yeah. media. <laughs> Lane Burton <laughs> and Nobson. <laughs> Nobson. Pretty good stuff. So there you have it. Oh, sorry. no, I was going to say, I, I, you really enjoy the accidental nicknames that we give these guys because you really know who <laughs> listens to the show and who doesn't. Right. Yeah. Because Richard, Richard Ponick 
had a very impressive game. He had a goal the other night. Yeah, you yeah, tweeted about it. It's nice that you're still covering Bridgeport, even though you're a Nets guy now. And so <laughs> I tweeted out, big night for Thomas Panic." Yeah. And naturally you had like 30 people who yeah. clearly don't listen to the show. Was it 30? It was like three. <laughs> I wanted to make a point here. <laughs> Okay, keep going. And uh, <laughs> and like, uh, did you mean Richard Panic? I know you're not covering the team anymore. I said you clearly don't listen to Hockey Night in New York. Yeah, yeah, outed him, huh? Oh, I said it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a couple, right, of, you know couple of other are, it's okay other loyal if everybody listeners. doesn't listen. I mean, the Christian, it's, okay. it's their loss. It's, okay. it's their loss. But it's all right. But yes, uh, yes, Thomas Panic was a good one. Nobson. Lame bird <laughs> happened last week. That was a fun one. And I'm sure there's more to come. I'm sure there's more to yes. come because uh, we, we like to trip over words here at Hockey Night New York. Well, whether we want time. to it's or not. It's a favorite pastime of, of the show. We trip over our words a lot. So there you have it, folks. Lane, I had to, I had to slow it down. Lane Lambert, Lambert is your unanimous <laughs> hero of the week. Brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero. Once again, Hockey the York. Hockey Night in New York. Tremendous Stop sandwich. on in to the Huntington location. Mention the podcast, mention the show, and you will get 50% off a wonderful rap. There you have it. Fantastic rap. A fantastic, I mean, there's so many great adjectives you can attach to that rap because it's all true. It's all true. All right. So effing good. Wow. There you have it. So let's see. Well, but- Although I really, you know, I like the, the breakfast sandwich. The, the, not the raw, is it the raw brush? The, the, who what now? The breakfast one that they have there. I'm sure they have more than one breakfast sandwich. No, 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 sandwich. but it's the one that's named after the one of the personalities from 94, uh, 94.3 The Shark. Oh, that's right. That's right. Orlando's, like, magical. Sa- I know. I, that's not it. Not <laughs> I it. forget what it is. But, yes, that actually is pretty good. Yes, yes. I mean, you can't go wrong with a bacon, egg, and cheese, right? No, you can't. Yeah. But I think there's more. It's more than just a bacon. Yeah, they added some some extras there. They it's it's extras. a hearty meal. It's actually quite delicious. Yeah, yeah. they, they did a great actually, job. That actually might be my favorite sandwich on the menu. Wow. Okay, so you're a big breakfast guy. I am a big breakfast guy. I mean, they say it's the most important meal of the day. And it is. Yeah, and I never it eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I never do. I never do. That probably explains a lot. So, anyway, uh, before we get into questions brewing... There, there is uh, some some news in the NHL. Small news. It's actually going to be bigger news during the week if you care about this sort of thing. But the All Star rosters are going to be announced this week on Thursday. You look like you're excited. I uh, <laughs> could care less. No, I couldn't care less. Yes, I was about to yeah, correct. I you. corrected myself. But good job. Yeah. So if you care about the All Star game, they're going to announce the rosters on Thursday, and I would say the front runner for the Islanders is probably Ilya Sorokin, maybe Matt Barzal. Uh, they'll only get one if they. They they only get one. Now is that still a rule? Every team has to have one representative. Yes. Okay, so yeah. if the Islanders get a guy, it's probably going to be Sorokin, maybe Barzell. I think it'll be Barzell. anybody else. I though? think it'd be. Barzell. You think so? Yeah. It depends. It depends because I think they only send two goalies per team now. Well, because it's four right, teams. Right, it's right, right. Four teams. Yeah. Two halves. That whole thing. I'm thinking it's going to be Sorokin. Well, there you go. We got a little friendly wager here. Barzell, Sorokin. Stay tuned for Thursday. We'll see. You know. So it's right. right. Yeah. yeah, it'll probably be me. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, how do you like the format that they've been using lately, the three-on-three? Three I that? like it. I, I Listen, I mean, I, uh, I'd i be lying if I said I, I like, it amps me up to watch the All-Star game. But, like, when I throw it on, like, it's enjoyable. Like, the first year they did it, I, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I it's actually, different, yeah, sure. I watched it, and it was like, oh, this is, you know, it was, it was more exciting and, 
you know, whatever. But the all-star game has always kind of been, and this is this is across the board for every sport, NFL, because uh, the Pro Bowl sucks. So, <laughs> you know, I, I don't even consider the Pro Bowl. But Major League Baseball all-star game, NBA all-star game, NHL all-star game, uh, you know, I mean, like, I, I know why they do them. The, the, the right. fun, entertaining parts of the night are the skills competitions. I prefer the, the skills competition. I'm more interested in that than the actual. Get rid game. of get rid of the actual game and just do the skills competition stuff. And I think I think that's all you need. You still because like they do. I mean, everyone knows why they do it. It's a big money grab. It's a big, you know, the corporate sponsors yeah. dish out. Tons, and that's why they won't millions get rid of the and game. millions of dollars. And um, why have this one event when you can have two? Right. I mean, even I, I covered and selling for top dollars, and it's coming to UBS. I, it's coming. I covered. Yes, um, I know. The fourth period reported that a couple weeks ago that the there were conversations whether it was an all whether it was an all star game or it might have been draft, but it was it was in there. It was there that there's chatter about that coming to UBS. Yeah, I mean, that's, very soon. Look, you open up a new building, then it's just it's really a matter of time. Yeah, so that's gonna happen. But um, I mean, I covered an NBA All Star game when it was at. Barclays Center and Madison Square Garden. They end up doing the they ended up doing the All Star comps like skills competition at the Barclays Center, and then they held the actual All Star game at Madison Square Garden. And even that, I was like, I mean, the skills competition was so much fun. The All Star game, I'm like, just dunks and three pointers. They do a three point shootout, slam dunk competition. I think there's something else. Um, There's a couple other things, but okay, um, hook shots, but. (laughs) <laughs> but it's kind of the same thing like the slam dunk competition is like the event of the night the same way yeah, that yeah. The, you know the shootout competition is the event of the sure, night for the sure. for the nhl sure um but those are fun those are things like i'll actually watch i'm like oh, this is entertaining well, i never watched the all-star and go wow i'm really glad i watched this according to trusted twitch chat sort source, source. mel armenia 22 says last all-star game vegas didn't have anyone i don't remember that but maybe I don't that isn't a rule anymore yeah. maybe that's true i don't know She's probably right. She has no reason to lie. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, so maybe it's not Unless a shoe. She's trying to make us look foolish. Maybe it's not. Well, you know, we we do a good job on that. Yeah, on that's our true. Own, so I don't think no, that's, no one needs. An, we don't need anybody to help, help us yeah. out with that. That's true. But maybe it isn't a guarantee that Sorokin or any Islander gets in there. We'll we'll see. That remains to be seen. I'm pretty sure. Well, do you think Sorokin would deserve to get in if there is no rule? To get to get a, a representative from every team in there, like would, would he, he just, deserve to get in? Like, are there any other goalies in the Metropolitan Division? That should get in there over him. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I, I see your point. Well, according to Donnie Bagels, he's the greatest goaltender in the world. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. I don't know. I um, yeah. I'm I'm thinking who's in the who's in the in the Metro. Yeah, there's an argument to be made that he Sorokin should be a, a, one of the two goaltenders for for the Metropolitan team. No question. Okay. Um, I'm on board with that. I'm not okay. saying he doesn't deserve it, but I'm saying if the league ends up picking, you know, every player, every team gets a, a representative, it's going to be Barzal. The Islanders are only getting one. We'll see. We'll see. And speaking of goalies, Mark Andre Fleury has become the first goalie in the league to beat all 32 teams. Yes, it's uh, quite the accomplishment for the. Congratulations to the Flower. Yeah. Nice. Good stuff. Well, Christian, what do you say we go to questions brewing? Yes. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Questions Brewing, brought ah. to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company and the fabled Barn Rocker. Delicious. So, Christian, I hope you prepared some questions over the course of the night from our wonderful chatters here. What do you got for us? Questions Brewing. Let's see here. First question Brewing. 
from T Boyle, question Bruin. What do you see in Bridgeport making the team? Oh, who do you see in Bridgeport making the team next season for the Isles? Hmm. I don't know. Christian, do you want to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, I think it's a it's a you know Is Holmstrom ready? I I'm, I wouldn't know, be confident Holmstrom. Okay. Holmstrom I think would be the first guy that would probably be on my list of who's coming up. I mean, and if not for the injuries, I mean, Salo would be the guy we're talking about, right. I guess, right? I mean, he's technically not a not a Bridgeport Islander right now because he's been up with the team. But, I mean, he would have been the front runner, I think, if all things were normal. Right. And he never got his shot up right. here with all the, the injuries and whatnot. But COVID has given him that opportunity yes. early, and he's taken advantage of it. Um, I'm trying to think here. A Holmstrom would be on my list. You know, Cole Bardro, he's had a cup of coffee in the in the league. You know, I don't he's he's everyone knows what he does. He's a you know, he's a guy that comes up. He's gonna be someone that goes back down at some point. Um I guess it depends if if like if does Clutterbuck back. My goodness. Does Clutterbuck come back next year? And even if he does even if he doesn't, Johnson probably takes that spot. Yeah, that's spot. Ross Johnson's spot. You um know? Samuel Bulldog would be on that list. Mitch Van Sopel, the two defensemen. Uh, the two young defensemen that the Islanders have back there, uh, Parker Wetherspoon would be somebody, someone oh, to keep an eye on. Been the team with, with with the organization forever, man. I just feel like Wetherspoon and Wetherspoon and and Van de Sample maybe just is, I don't know. Is it past time for them to even have a chance? You never know. I mean, the, yeah. what you also think about what because the Islanders have, but the Islanders are going to have to fill some holes. Because they've year, been with the team so long, and you just keep having guys that are supplanting them as the top <laughs> defensemen that can make the team, or top defensive prospect, right? Whether it was Dobson coming in, Devon right. Tabe's coming in, and and now Robin Salo, and even Sebastian Ajo, even though they don't like him playing in actual Islander games. But <laughs> but it just seems like I think those guys might be career minor leaguers, not, you know, not to take anything away from them, but it just seems like that's the, the course they're on. Thomas Panic wants to know, question Bruin, who finishes with more goals this season, Nobson or top-line winger Josh Bailey? I'm going to go with Nobson at this point. I, I would, too. I, I think Noah Dobson. Um, listen, I mean, we, we've talked about it at length. The the fair criticisms that have been levied at Josh Bailey this mm-hmm. season. He's gotten better. Um, you saw, you've seen a lot more progress out of him in the last couple games that the Islanders have played, if you remember back then, back in, back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a long ways to think think about since an Islander game has happened, but yes, back in the day, Josh Bailey started to look a little bit better as as the team has looked a little yes. bit better, and so he's making strides in the right direction. But I do think Noah Dobson has really started to heat up both offensively and in the defensive end, and kind of he's kind of now finding that rhythm as the kind of puck moving transition defenseman that the Islanders have kind of needed him to be for the. Better part of the court, you know, this first quarter of the yeah, season. Yeah, no, it's so it's great to see him blossom. Nobson, Noah Nobson, wow, yes, Noah Dobson yes. uh, would be, I think, both John and I would take as the answer to your question. Thank you as always for chiming in, Thomas Panic. We love it. Uh, all right, hold on, Mike, Mike O'Brien, or I should say, M O'Brien one one one. Nine five has asked a couple questions here. One of them right. is a stupid one. Uh, we'll let that. Okay, so go past that. I one. am, I am, but it's not I, surprising. Uh, Obviously, Shawnee. the play on the ice is that the one? You, yeah, no. The one that I, I want to ask or the one I don't want to ask? Just go ahead. How much wood would a woodchuck? No, chuck no, no, no. Tricked me. No. The next one. Oh, obviously, obviously the, the play yes. on the ice has left a lot to be desired. But do you think the advanced advanced? Do you think the advance in the in play from a player like Noah Dobson has come from the influence of Zdeno Chara? Certainly think he's had a hand in it. Absolutely. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about 
Zdeno Char being brought over here, not only to bring a veteran presence and a and a you know a, a leader's voice into the locker room, a guy who's won a cup and all that, but you saw through training camp that they were attached at the hip, they were paired up together. So there was obviously a method to that madness, and I would like to think that, yes, Adeno Chara has probably rubbed off on Noah Dobson in a positive way. Regardless of how you might think Chara is actually playing on the ice this season, I'm sure that he has definitely added an element or two to, to Noah Dobson where you know he's been able to take that and, and you know improve his game. Yeah, I, um, I'd be curious to know, and that is the one unfortunate thing this year that, that you kind of lose some of that insight in, with the COVID protocols and everything that, that's that's going on where you can't be in the locker room and kind of get a firsthand sense of how that how that partnership, how that relationship is developing over the year and how much how much really has gone into it. I, I would imagine Zidane Char definitely has helped him prog- progress. Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't know if I'd agree that it's as much as, as you're giving him credit for, to be honest. What did I I didn't I didn't say he taught him how to shoot no, or no, he no. taught him how to skate, but I feel like, you know, for a young guy like him, and this ties into what I said I believe last last week was the, the mental last week? The mental aspect of the game. The confidence aspect, yeah. aspect of the game. Where even if he's not literally, you know, showing him again how to you know, the the actual physical stuff on the ice. But he actually taught just, Noah Dobson how to skate. You, you're never He's actually know. old enough to but have been. I'm talking about it from the <laughs> from the mental perspective, whether it's confidence or, or just even how to approach a play, that sort of thing. Like yeah. more more on the strategical side of things, the confidence side of things, not so much literal physical attributes on the ice. And I and I, th- I think for sure that Zdeno Chara could have had a positive influence in that. I way. think he had a positive influence. I I don't know. I'm not I'm not sold. I guess that it's been as as big as as maybe. We were, or everyone was expecting. I don't know. I just don't get that sense. I guess. Well, um, nobody here here is saying that Zdeno Char is responsible for Noah Dobson's out outburst over the no, last no, ten I, games. But I'm but I'm answering the question. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Question brewing. <laughs> all right. Go ahead. Um. All right. Let's see here, Sean. Well, you had a follow up, right, about that trade that people were talking about. Michael M. M. O'Brien one 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 nine five. Question brewing. Do you foresee a possible trade with Beauvillier, Aho, and a pick for? Chikrin? From the flailing Arizona Coyotes franchise? Yes. <laughs> that defenseman from Arizona. And, yeah. Who's also from Palm Springs. around the, the Twitterverse, right? You had a lot of people talking about this potential trade. Apparently, Chikrin might be on the block and because he's a guy who will demand money, and Arizona doesn't want to pay anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and Arizona says, you know, right. things are a little tight around here. Yeah. Days. Do I see it happening? I don't. Is it possible? Sure. I mean, and I think people were saying that uh, Ratu would have to be involved in that too. And who knows if that's true or not, but it's a lot to give up. And it depends. I mean, he could definitely help. We've talked about how they need a puck-moving defenseman, offensive defenseman. He certainly fits that bill. He's, he's very, I think he's only 23. He's a young guy. Yeah, he's young. So, I mean, he's basically, you know, what the Islanders have given up over the last couple of years, you know, due to their cap crunch and, and what you know, expansion drafts and right. stuff like that. I mean, it'd be nice to get a guy like him on their side, but I believe he's a right shot. He's a right defenseman, and they need a left defenseman. Now, is he a guy who can play the other side, or can somebody else play the other side with him? Yeah, sure, maybe, but he's not, because you already have Pollock, Dobson, and then Mayfield, right? and Chikrin's not going to play your third D pair, right? And, ne- and neither is Dobson and neither is is Pollock right. as this team continues to progress, right? So 
unless you're you're switching somebody to the other side, which isn't ideal, and which Barry Trotz has already said he doesn't like doing. Right. He does it out of necessity when he does it. So I'm not necessarily sold on it. Whether you want to argue if it's a deal that they should make or they could make, I mean, yeah, is it a possibility? Sure, but I don't know if I if I see that being a fit. As good as a defenseman as he is, and, and I certainly wouldn't argue against the guy being on the Islanders because he is a great player. I just don't know if that's somebody you know who I'd uh, key in on. And, and I do just want to fact check that that right side though, if we can. I think he's a right-handed defenseman. Otherwise, I don't want to look like a complete fool if it turns out that he's a lefty. But either way. If that's the case, I'm not so sure that that's something the Isles will do. But again, I don't know what the hell is going on in Lou Lamarillo's head. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I, and I look at that. I understand the appeal, and I, I wouldn't be against the trade, but I, I'd be very hesitant. Depending on the asking price, right? He shoots left, by the way, Sean. Um, so there you go. There you go. You can disregard the last two minutes. Yep. <laughs> Delete. Delete. Um. I think it comes down to where... Do, <laughs> now I completely changed my opinion. <laughs> now it comes down to, for me, uh, that's the benefit of going second sometimes. Um, no, <laughs> I think what it comes down for me is where the Islanders sit at that point in the season when you're looking at this to make this deal, right? Like, if you're getting close to the deadline, you have to be, A, confident that this is a team that's going to... That move is going to be the one that gets you into the Stanley Cup final. Um, that he's going to be the right fit for the Islanders roster and for the islanders game plan right because every year and when it's like clockwork it's happened with everybody there's always that acclimation period it happened to pajot it happened to green it happened to paul mary happened to zajac there is a steep learning curve when players come here late in the season and there isn't a ton of a ton of um practice time and they do not play well for the first couple games for whatever the case may be yeah for right reason is for whatever yeah. the reason is whatever that that weird special sauce that that barry trotz <laughs> is brewing there <laughs> um you know it takes it takes a little bit of an acclimation period so you have to be confident that you can weather that storm as well yeah. um because this is a guy if you pick him up you're putting him in a big role and you're probably putting him that's your second I would imagine that's your second defensive pair probably along scott mayfield along with scott mayfield and I would think that it looks maybe a little more appealing to fans now because of the potential for Kiefer Bellows to be a breakout player for this team because he can kind of, you know, supplant Bavillier on the left wing right. as a goal scorer if what we're seeing now is actually something he can maintain. Now, look, it could just as easily be a flash in the pan. Right. We get back to games and all of a sudden Bellows is, goes on a 10-game goal streak if Barry even lets him go that far. <laughs> But the point is, I, I could see that maybe being a part of this this excitement about it is, you know, maybe maybe Kiefer Bellows kind of, again, you know, makes it a little easier to deal Bavillier, but it's still a lot of assets to give up. And, and it's funny, by comparison, you look at, what, they got two second rounders for Devontae, right. so it's like, it's just a king's ransom by comparison. And, I mean, look at how much we struggle to even say which Bridgeport player is going to make the Islanders, right. right, next year, because the cupboard is bare. Yeah. So it's like, do they need a guy like him? Yeah, probably. For that price, it's tough. Did you misspeak? Misspoke and say, uh, anti, anti. Did you misspeak and say uh, Raddy's name wrong? I thought I said it's, it's pronounced Ratu. It's not pronounced Roddy. It's spelled R A T Y, but it's Ratu. I think I said Ratu. I mean, we can check the tape later. Oh no, you did. People are making fun of you. I think that's fine. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> that's great. Um. I was just asking. Oh, because if yeah. it, if it, if it was, I wanted to jump in. Um, <clears throat> no, I, I I think that's a a great point too because 
see here again my my thing is that this is not a move you make for like this is a move to me that you make as you think you're gonna get to the cup final and he is the missing link or he's gonna make he's gonna push that team and i think that's the mentality that lou lamorell uses when he makes these trades is this the guy that pushes us over the over the barrier that we haven't been able to clear the last two years well with his youth he's a guy you could use whether it's for this year or or beyond, right? I mean, he's a guy you would want on this team going forward. He's not. He wouldn't just be a deadline, quote unquote, acquisition just to you know pad their chances into the playoffs this year. That would this would be something long term as well. Something that not only you bring in for the chance of this year, but also a guy you, you try to fit under your cap going forward. Right. And that's been the, a big part of this. Well, that's team's a whole problem. other, yeah. Right, exactly. You, you know, you got to be able to stomach giving up the assets that are involved and then figure out a way to actually keep this guy under the cap because it was a problem previous. Now, yeah. maybe that's previous because... two years, yeah. Yeah, and now, granted, there was, there was some problems with that that Lou kind of took on, you know, just coming to the team, right? I mean, the lad contract was already here right you had some contracts like that that, that kind of saddled him and, and then of course the unexpected covid situation where everybody was expecting the cap to go up every year but then that stopped once covid came in and, and that made the flat cap and it's only been going on what going up what like a million now each year yeah it's not it's not so, a lot so like the owners there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of financial there's still a lot of financial hoops that they have to jump through so it, it all adds these different layers into what yeah. this what these trades are and i think i i, I think islander fan i think fans in general are always so quick to go like yeah let's do it like people see people look at beauvillier and they go all right i'll ship him off i mean I, michael bryan is he's already packing he's packing beauvillier's bag right now um you know, but there is the there's a, there's a lot that goes into this deal, and there's a lot of hurdles that Lou Lemuel has to go through for this to make sense. And let's say he pulls off the trade, yeah. and the Islanders get to the conference final again. They get to the play, they make the playoffs, mm-hmm. and get to the conference final again. They don't win, or they get deep in the playoffs, but they don't have the cap space to keep him. And right. you already gave up all these all these assets to get him in there in the first place. Yeah, and 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 the broader conversation is for a show probably in the summer. You know, when we're talking about where they go with these contracts and stuff, yeah. because they, they do have some guys that are now have entered their 30s that have, that have some long-term contracts that maybe if even if they're not an issue now, they will be soon. And and that's another <laughs> juggling act that, that Lou is going to have to deal with. And, you know, I'm kind of referring to the Anders Lees right. and, uh, and the Brock Nelsons and suddenly Kyle Palmieri, if he doesn't kind of get his act together, right? You just sign him to this fresh four-year deal. And, you know, you don't want that looking like a bad contract so soon. But the production isn't there right now. So, I mean, again, extremely long-winded answer to this question. I don't I don't know if it's such a foregone conclusion or anything like that. Not to say that Mike was insinu- insinuating that, but I don't know if it's it's something that, that Lou is going to be so quick to do. It's a player I'd love for him to get, especially now that I've learned that he's a lefty. <laughs> <laughs> but, <clears throat> again, it's, it's a high price to pay, and, and there's just so many other factors that go into it. But um, I guess... We'll see. All right. Question brewing from Thomas Pan uh Thomas Panic. Sean, what's your list of top five musical acts? Wow. Top five Which I thought great question from Thomas Panic. That is a an ever evolving list for me. <laughs> <laughs> but bands that I'm listening to right now that I'd say that kinda are up towards the top right now. Uh band called He Is Legend, big fan of those guys. They're from Carolina, not not very well known. But I uh, love those guys. Uh, I've always been a, a Perfect Circle fan. They were a favorite band of mine for a long time. I feel like you're making these names up. 
I'm not. I'm not. You just you just missing out, man. You're just missing out. Let's see. I've been listening to Royal Blood a lot. Love those guys. I saw them with Queens of the Stone Age a couple of years ago at Barclay Center. Funny enough, and they were awesome. Hey, that used to be a hockey arena. It's true. Well, was it? Was it though? <laughs> but and, and it used fact, to be a building that they put ice in awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> but at Queens of the Stone Age is actually one of my favorite bands too. Uh, also a Mastodon guy. I mean, I could go on and on, but uh, Mastodon. Those are those are a couple of the bands I'm listening to right now. Periphery. I'm a big fan of. They're like a prog metal band. And uh, Florence and the Machine, big Florence and the Machine fan. Oh, nice. To go off of that metal uh, yeah, yeah. kick there for a second. But um, those are the ones that come to the top of my head right now that I'm probably listening to most. Thanks for the question. Very nice. And then we'll go to the last question here from T-Boyle13. Question Bruin, with Dobson and RFA this summer, what do you think his AAV will be? Can you bring up what he's currently making? Yeah, I can. Bring up what he's currently making, and we can go from there. If his production continues, I mean, look, he's not going to keep putting 10 points up in 10 games, but if he starts you know, heading towards that 30, 40-point plateau over an 82-game season, again, assuming the Islanders even get to 82 games this season, have I stalled enough for you to get to Cap Flanagan? Assuming anyone gets (laughs) to 82 games this season. That's fair, actually. But look, if you look recently over these guys like Pollock and Pellick, they kind of got those bridge deals, those two- to three-year bridge right. deals that were kind of in the, what was it, maybe the three- to four million dollar area, if I'm remembering correctly. What's he got right now? His AAV is uh, uh, 1.4. So he's still on his entry-level contract. So, yeah, I would say probably maybe in the four million, unless, but, you know, but there's a new trend now with these young guys coming off their ELC. If, if they do prove themselves... And the GMs don't want to deal with, you know, this all down the, the line and like the concert. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe they give him a, a seven, eight year deal and they lock him up for something closer to five, six million a year. Maybe six, you know, again, if he, if he continues at this, this pace and the Islanders like what they see out of him, maybe they go long-term. They just say, you know what? I don't want to deal with this contract for a while. But if we look at past history again, they, they've kind of done that two or three year bridge contract. And then they worry about the payout you know, later on. But, um, you know, I would say if it's on the shorter term, maybe around three, four mil, if it's on the longer term, then you're probably looking at five, six. Yeah, I think that's, and I think, honestly, I think the Islanders are probably going to lean towards, as long as things stay steady, I would see them trying to lock, lock him up a little bit longer term and not having to deal with this. Because I, I, I think they're getting very weary of all these sort of off seasons where it's a game of like, what in the world are we like having to be an economic genius to try and sneak everyone under the cap yeah. and pull this off and pull that off and you know you risk losing x y and z because you know you got to keep you need to keep this guy but that so i would imagine that they're probably trying to anyway and then i think it would be advantageous for both sides if they can work out a longer term <clears throat> deal the islanders kind of avoid the chaos they've had the last couple of years and and Dobson gets a little bit more of a long-term stability instead of going two years and then having to renegotiate his contract again uh, for that longer six, seven-year deal that they'd ultimately end up giving him anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Either way, if he keeps progressing the way he is, he's a guy you're going to want on the squad for a long time, and you're going to have a nice right side with with Pollock and um, and Dobson. And then Mayfield, that's your third piece. He's a, he's a great third pair right D, so that's, that's solid. They just got to get that left side short up again because <laughs> it was looking great for for a while a couple right. years ago and now they're just trying to patch it up again you know 
boy, that, it, that, again, but again, that was that's part of it. Why I think they're going to try and be more product pro- proactive. I mean, you even look at how proactive they were with some of these other contracts. The the right. was the Pella contract this off season or the Pula contract. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Where I mean that you kind of forgot like that was coming up in another year and like oh, let's just get this done because yep. I think they were so they were so weary of having to go through that process again mm-hmm. that especially with so much uncertainty about how much the cap is going to go up the fluctuation of everything they just wanted to get it done I could kind of see it see it being a similar situation with Dobson I would prefer it to go that way I would give him a long term where it's you know a little more money but still reasonable something that over time will help you fit under the cap, especially under the assumption that it does start to go up again. And what the Islanders have for them that I don't think you see with a lot of other teams is sort of that 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 brand loyalty that the Islanders players have for it, right? I mean, you look at some of the deals that Sezikis took, uh, the Pelic took, um, you know, some of these very more team-friendly deals than you would have imagined for guys who who deservingly should have gotten paid a little bit more. And so I think that does a lot for the Islanders too, where they can kind of get um, guys to buy into what they're doing. I mean, it's helped that they went to the the conference now, final Christian, two years in a row. We've talked about it. They're finally one of those franchises where they kind of have all the pieces in place in the sense that they they have recency as far as winning goes. Right. They have a brand new arena. They have one of the best practice facilities, and they play in a great area, New York City, baby. Right. So they have a lot of things going for them now, and they have stability, and, and this is something that draws you know, more top-end players and, and makes guys want to stick around. I mean, this is, this is something that you know, they've needed for such a long time. So even though they're in a bit of a, they've been in a bit of a cap situation lately, again, because of past contracts mm-hmm. and because of the cap you know, ceiling getting flattened and whatnot, but, but now they can kind of progress towards, a more, or towards more flexibility under their cap once you know, those deals kind of start to go by the wayside and they have these younger guys they can sign to more reasonable contracts, guys that have the buy-in that yeah. say, hey, look, I don't, you don't need to give me $12 million. Even if I'm worth that, I'll take a, I'll take a discount because I, I believe in this franchise. Right. I believe in this team and, and where we're going. So hopefully that's something that continues to happen with the New York Islanders. That's very true. We will see. But that is the last question. That's the, the last question. Growing. So you know why I might have thought that Chikrin was a, as a, was a righty instead of a lefty? Why? Because of Klingberg, didn't he recently just come out and say that he he uh, he he was demanding a trade in Dallas? Did he? Yeah, I think so. If I'm thinking of the right guy, but yeah, there was a defenseman on Dallas, and he's a right shot. And, and maybe, so you, you maybe I confused the two. The two. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah look that up. I'm pretty sure Klingberg uh, requested a trade. Or, <laughs> it would be even better actually if he didn't. <laughs> just look wrong again. <laughs> but that's it for questions, Bruin, ladies and gentlemen. So, oh, I forgot. There's no music. That's why I paused. Yeah, we we got to get some music yeah. in for. The, thank you, M. O'Brien, one 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 nine five. Yes, Klingberg contract negotiating with Klingberg, yeah. who's the right day. So maybe that's what it was. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, questions brewing <laughs> is over. Brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company and their world famous Barn Rocker, delicious, delicious ale, which you can get at UBS Arena. UBS Arena. You can get it across the country now. Get it across the, the country. Coast. It's everywhere. Bar to bar. So I'm pretty sure we're, we're good here. We can wrap. I think we're all done. Do, yeah. do you have anything meaningless to add, Christian? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, then, let's cue the music. want to send a big thanks out to Chris King of the Islanders Radio Network for hopping on the show, giving us a great segment tonight. I told you can get Barn Rocker at RJ Daniels as well. Is that right? 
Look at that. No, we knew that. <laughs> we knew that. You can get the barn rocker at RJ Daniels. So, folks, want to also thank you for joining us here at Hockey Night in New York. Twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. And, of course, your favorite podcast providers. Want to thank all our sponsors, starting with RJ Daniels, American Bar and Grill, lo located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. The best place to catch the aisles when you can't make it to the game. And remember, don't just go for the aisles. They have live music, comedy nights, trivia, a late night bar scene. They have it all. Huge thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. And of course, East Islip and UBS Arena, official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And of course, a big thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TyTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. And a huge thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. You can order their great beers and merchandise at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or shipping anywhere in New York and get 15% off with coupon code H-N-I-N-Y. Folks, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your strangers, let everybody know. <laughs> and if you want to follow Christian on Twitter, at C underscore Arnold 01, you can catch him there. If you want to follow myself, at Shawnee Hockey. And, of course, if you want to follow the show, at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For Christian Arnold, my name is Sean Cuthbert. Hopefully there's Islander Hockey this week. Either way, we will see you next week. Mahalo.